welcome to a long overdue backing paper for July, possibly also June and uh, May. I can't remember. It's been a while, but you know, we're back now with backing paper. And by we, I mean myself and the ever lovely John. John, how are you? Hello, Graham. I'm, uh, I'm, good. <laughs> I'm good. Thank you very much. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm glad to see that that uh, haircut hasn't affected your brain in any way. Uh, turned into a simpleton of some sort. Um, how you been, dude? I've had a haircut, obviously. <laughs> he did it himself. <laughs> I did half of it myself. I dyed it. You got I'm your daughter fresh. to do the other half. Funky, yeah. <laughs> First time she's ever used scissors. Yeah, it was yeah. quite an experience. <laughs> yes. yeah. Watch out, world! She's coming for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, I don't know. What have you been up to this last week? What? Uh, just a video editing, filming stuff in Coventry. Not much photography at all, unfortunately. It's been too hot. It's been way too hot in the shed to do any printing mm. or developing. Um, even at the coolest moments, it's just fairly unbearable in here. So yeah, yeah. so I've I, sat in front of a computer instead of the fan pointed <laughs> at my face the whole time. I feel every now and again I'll go into the shed and I'll see my new large format larger there, and I'll see my new Nova tank there waiting. To, I was like, yeah, nah, <laughs> and walk out. I haven't even used that Nova developing tank once yet, the print processing tank once, because it's just been so hot. I've been so short on time, and then it's been so hot since then, but. I'm kind of hopeful that August as will be the month. I have a bit more free time and um, can actually get in and start doing stuff. I've got films waiting to be developed. I've got all sorts of stuff to do. So never mind. I did actually take some pictures this week, though. Um, we went for a we took a day off. I took a day off, and uh, Sinead and I went to a place called Buscott Park, which is fairly near here, and wandered around. Took some pictures. Took my Leica. Um, I'm pretty the mini sure Leica. Hmm. A small hand like a my small hand like a no my big hands my small like a tiny like a um i i'm sure i'm still misframing everything with it but i'll, I'll find that one about this role of film i think it's going to take me a bit of a while to get the hang of framing with that camera because i think what i've done i have the feeling that having seen the last role of film where every picture that was i'd say closer than three meters um had parallax error and you know the, the subjects mm -hmm. were all too close to the side or partially off the side and what i think i'm probably doing now is just massively overcompensating for that so um if anybody out there is used to shooting with these has got some really good tips for how to get past this um in a way that doesn't involve me shooting millions of what? rolls of film is there a frame guide in the viewfinder no there isn't there isn't okay I didn't think it would be that bad because you know the window's quite close to the lens, but I guess it's just one of those things. It's just, it's just far enough away, and there's just enough of it. And yeah, um, well, as soon as you get you get closer to the lens as well, that problem gets it a lot worse, isn't it? Mm, true, true. So anyway, we'll see how this roll comes out. I'm actually shooting my first roll of um, Ilford Ortho. Uh, this is the first mm -hmm. time I've shot that on 35 mil. So looking forward to seeing how that comes out. Because uh, it's one of those things. Excellent. I think it feels like a film that I would enjoy, or would fit well with my kind of stuff. I, you know, so nice and sharp, fine grain. <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't sound anything like anything I ever do, but I'm still excited about <laughs> using it. <laughs> so everything will have to be in focus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Brain we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> we have got we got a stack of emails, haven't we? Stack! Yeah, stack of emails. So shall we dive into these, John? Let's go for it. Go on. Fire away, Jonathan! <laughs> Excuse right. me while I clear my throat. Choke away. Right, first one is from Bear Brown. Oh, last sunbeams. I just smacked my microphone <laughs> in the excitement. <laughs> last sunbeams. I was listening to the latest episode and heard my email being read and thought I'd address the photo Roman. This Do you is... remember this, John? This was, this was an email that he sent in recently Sorry. where he was talking about doing photo Romans with the class that he was teaching. Um, and we were like, oh, cool. We have no idea what a photo Roman is. So, Yes. It is a film told through still images. The most recognised one is probably Chris Marker's La Jetty. By the way, Terry Gilliam, Gilliam made the film 12 Monkeys, which was shot in my hometown of Philadelphia, based on the script for La Jetty. 
This summer session, I'll be teaching in the classroom as well as virtual. So my photo roaming assignments will be done using GUDAC, simple, sing, simple use and Instax film. I'm eager to see the pros and cons of each medium. As for the Lomo Kino, I have both film and visual effect majors shoot short films with them, having screened George Melier's films beforehand and considering in-camera effects. I show them some of my verified Lomo Kimos. Verified, your Wally. <laughs> verified. It's a good start to this, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Verified Lomo Kinos to inspire some creativity in personalising their cameras. Peace, y'all. Bear Brown. P.S. Did Aid ever get to his bag special? I'm kind of looking forward to it. A uh, couple of things. Just there, so um, Bear Brown did include a picture of some of his verified Lomo Kinos, and they're great because he's just he's um, used markers and drawn these amazing graphic designs on them. There's a fantastic like Joker looking one. So it looks like the Joker's taking a picture with the Lomo Kino. And I think the other one was a Batman one. I couldn't see because the, the reason I haven't included the picture on here, John, is because the picture was so big. <laughs> I couldn't right. see it on my screen. <laughs> That's the problem when people send really massive picture files, but, but it looked really cool. Really loved the decoration. Also, it says, does Abe ever get to do his bag set? I like Abe. <laughs> we should get Abe. I quickly Abe. edited that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we we have said that if Abe and Gabe, <laughs> Abe and Gabe bag special, I think this needs to happen. Oh, Abe, yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, it might happen one day. As long as I don't have to be within a, a hundred yards of it, I'm all in favour of it. <laughs> That's fine by me. I I recently bought. I showed you, didn't I? I bought that. Um, it was an old World War Two bread bag or something. Mm-hmm. I think from Poland mm-hmm. that I'm currently using as my camera bag, and it's great. It costs like twelve pounds. Mm. Um, it's not as always. It's not quite big enough. But these mm. things. It's like it's all right for a small SLR, I'd say, and another lens. But as soon as you go any larger than that. It's just not quite right, unfortunately. Yeah, the bag... like, Dave's got bags for every purpose, hasn't he? Yeah, the, the bag that I mostly use is, although it's not like an authentic oldie worldy one like yours, and also I think Jeff Greenstein uses something very similar to what you're using. Um, right. But it mine's the same idea, just a very simple bag that you just throw things in, fold the flap over, and yeah, it's. I suppose it's. It's good for most of the shooting that I do, but if I was going to be travelling a lot and you didn't want stuff smacking against each other, you'd probably want something a bit better. But mm-hmm. I don't care. Just quick, like, just quickly as well, the Lomo Kino, is that the one that's like it's a hand-cranked bit like movie camera? Yes. Using 35mm film, is that yes. right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. When we Ooh. talked about this, um, uh, I was saying that that sounds terrible and Claire was saying, no, it's not. And we actually found there's some, like, some videos, even some music videos that have been made using this. Personally, I think it bore out my point, but Claire disagrees with it bore out her <laughs> point. Um, you know, this just goes to show, doesn't it? Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Um, all right, next one uh, is regarding Alexa from Anthony Pearson, or a Dank Spangle as we know him. Ahoy! I've just realised how many episodes I've missed. I listen to your podcast while I work via Alexa. I just say, Alexa, play the Sunny 16 podcast, which used to be fine. At some point, though, Alexa has started interpreting interpreting this as Play the Sunny 16 Presents podcast. Not sure when this started, but I've just been listening to Presents. And whatever I say or shout at Alexa, she will not play the main podcast. Any ideas on how we get her to play your main podcast? Also, are we ready for a photo walk yet? Oxford again? Birmingham? Hearts from Anthony. As I said, dank spangle. Some of these emails, incidentally, as you will have already realised, have been uh, waiting a couple of months. <laughs> well, a month and a bit to come out. Um, first off, I suspect that the reason that when you ask Alexa to play the Sunny 16 podcast is because obviously the main feature really of the Sunny 16 Presents podcast is I Dream of Cameras. And those are some Hollywood big shots. And I think they probably pulled some strings that seem believable to you, John? I'd say so. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a few backhanders going on there. Yeah, exactly. They, their people have spoken to, you know, Alexa's people, and we can't compete with that. No, they'll, the they'll be going into space soon as well. Oh, God. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully. Yeah. 
I think uh, Gabe's going to climb into space on just a tower of his stacked TLRs. From listening to that, it's like he's got enough of them. He could just climb into what they're calling space. And it's not really space, is it? So, you know, get 12 feet off the ground. Let's call that space. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, um, as for photo walks, well, obviously we have had our first photo walk. Uh, well, at least Analog Wonderland organised their first photo walk. I'm sure we will be doing more. Um but there's nothing organised as yet, although, as we'll be talking about later in the show, the photography show is coming up, so I think that will probably be the next thing we try and get organised ourselves as a get-together. Okay, now we've got a little selection here, all around the same subject. So do you want to take this first one uh, about AIDS camera from Malcolm Myers? AIDS camera, so this is all related to AID getting back into film photography, isn't mm-hmm. it? Right. So here we go. Hello, Sunbeams. I haven't written for a long while, but here are my thoughts on AIDS' new film camera. Here we go. Canon EOS 300. I'm with Claire on this. Great camera, inexpensive, does everything you could want. A bit of the Goldilocks of the OS film cameras. You can see his review on 35mmc. We'll put that link in the show notes. Uh, the Canon T70. Basically, an up- the upgrade, the Canon canon ae1 program that that people spend so much money on the t70 is much cheaper has a better program mode it's got three options rather than one and two metering modes on the downside it has shutter priority rather than aperture priority same as the ae1p and is very 1980s you either like it or you don't good camera though Uh, next up is the olympus trip the perfect snapshot camera if you want to be convinced that a zone-focused camera can produce sharp photos, then get one and try it out. Everyone should have one, or at least try one. You won't be disappointed. The Rolly 35 is a beautiful zone-focusing machine, a great piece of engineering. It might suit your desire for a great user interface, or perhaps you'd feel it was too fiddly. Then expensive now, though. Another review, uh, also on 35MMC. We'll put that link in. Um, if you fancy a go with a small rangefinder, it's the Olympus 35RC. Others worth, worth mentioning, the Pentax ME Super is a great aperture priority camera. It does have a manual mode, but it's fiddly. Stick to AE and fire away. Smaller than an Olympus OM2 or the Canon A1. Cheaper than the AE1P and much better. Everybody got all those codes? <laughs> <laughs> And finally, the Nikon FM2N. No electronics or manual. Really gets out of the way and lets you take pictures. If I had to choose one, it would be the Canon EOS 300. It does everything you could want quickly, efficiently, and is as cheap as chips. Regards, Malcolm. Well, thank you very much for all that. That I've <laughs> I forgot all those codes correctly. There's so many variations out there. Yeah, there are. There are. There, are. there are some good tips. I don't think Aid has yet... I don't think he's moved yet on what he's going to get or do. He's got a lot of good advice. I think this has just resulted in achieving nothing yet. But, you know, or like your Zelda glass, John. That's very fancy. John's drinking from a giant Zelda beer glass. He's not drinking beer. But he's very cool. Um but yeah, I think the the points that Malcolm made all great points. Um, the Pentax ME Super is a lovely little camera. I do like the little, that that range of Pentaxes. They're really small and cute. Um, uh, but yeah, good stuff. All right, continue on that theme uh, from Gilbert Townsend. Uh, Hello, Sunny Beams. I've been thinking a lot about cameras and having too many of them. As a result, I've been trying to reduce what I have and think a lot about what each of them can do and means to me. Here, you didn't talk a lot about his requirements or limits, so I split them a little by cost and function. I hope that it helps and Aid finds a way to shoot his agent shadow that he will enjoy. Incidentally, we mentioned it, I think, on the show the other day, but shout out to Stephen for a very successful... um, Yeah, that was great. Great to see him get past it. Cannot wait to get my film and my comic, or graphic novel comic. Um, One, the modern SLR option. 
already talked about, but the F100 slash EOS 300. They will be excellent cameras, do autofocus and auto exposure, but also probably just overlap a load with AID X-T3. Seems like he doesn't really want or need interchangeable lenses either, though the cameras are certainly great for the money. The classic SLR. Something AID already had with his FE2s. Probably the camera I own and use the most. Small, simple, but with enough nice things, like a light meter, and something he's familiar with. There's also the FM3A, which is the newer, mechanical one that also has aperture priority. It is the pinnacle of that style of camera, but priced to match. 3. The Pocket Camera Something like an Olympus Trip or Agfa Optima Sensor or Rolly 35. Lots of this style about. Most are zone focus. They're lovely and fit in the pocket, but often lack things like a focus mechanism or light meter or manual controls. That can often be freeing, however, and they're also still, for the most part, very cheap. 4. Automatic point and shoot. Either fully automatic or very expensive, these are probably your best bet, if you're willing to put up with that. Everyone knows about the contacts being silly expensive, but they are for good reason. The cameras and lenses are amazing. A Yashica T3, 4 or 5 would probably be the best mix of price to results. And 5. The fun camera. Discussed at length. Something like a toy plastic Lomo would certainly do something a digital or Instax couldn't. For sure, the best bet to go different and likely very cheap to find too. Only problem is you might find it agonising to have rolls ruined by light leaks or wonky shutters. Or just get quickly tired of the gimmick. There are obviously loads more. Haven't touched on things like weird half-frame cameras you wind with a crank or clockwork panoramic ones, but this is far too long already. Maybe just borrow one of Graham's. Whatever gets picked, I hope finding it ends up being part of the fun. Good luck anyhow from Gilbert. Incidentally, we'll make sure Aid sees all of these emails. We will make sure they all get forwarded on to Aid so he can appreciate all of these. Uh, and finally, we've got one here now uh, on this subject from someone called Matt Murray. I don't know. I think he's an Australian or a New Zealander or something. Matt I don't know. Loves cameras. <laughs> <Is that> not... <laughs> Matt loves cameras. I don't, don't, you don't encourage it. Yes, Matt Murray oh, from Matt apparently loves cameras. Let's hear what nonsense <laughs> he's got to say. Hello, Sunny16 crew from a sunny yet chilly Brisbane. Time is money, as they say, so I'll cut the pleasantries and get down to business. Earlier this year, you remember, I chastised Graham for raining on Claire's pushing colour film parade. Graham said it was a waste of time and advised, nay urged, nay told Claire not to do it. Uh -huh. I'm pleased to say he's wrong. Nope. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I loaded up my Fujifilm Natura Black F1.9 with some Lomo 800. What? Unfortunately, I can't see the ISO on it so i stuck an iso 1600 sticker on the canister to fool my little japanese friend i then shot the film around brisbane and asked my lab to push the, the lomo 800 one stop in development attached to a selection of images i took during the day at dusk and at night given the price of the insurer camera and the inflated price of lomo 800 recently you could call this this the not so cheap shots challenge Looking at the results, I'm sure Graham would agree that pushing colour film is not so silly after all, and perhaps he shouldn't piss on Claire's chips next time. Apologies to those who are visualising that last sentence right now. As you know, they're Welsh chips, so I don't know, maybe mm. they'll add flavour. As you all know, it's unlike an Australian to be vulgar, but Graham needs to be called out for his anti-pushing colour film behaviour. If listeners wish to see any of the image, head to my Instagram. Guess what it is, all? It's, it's beep. at Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have pinned a series of highlighted stories. Uh, say what it is again, and just, John, because I may again, have... For the people at the back, it's Matt Loves Cameras. <laughs> yeah. So I have included a couple of the pictures here. They're very nice pictures, aren't they? Very nice picture they of are, Matt. So they're I'm, lovely, I'm, yeah. Um, what I would say is um, I'm not sure what his point is. I mean, they're, they're nice pictures. <laughs> What's your point? I, I guess if your point is, oh, it, it absolutely is worth doing if you want your colours to be weird, then sure, because those colours are weird, right, John? 
There's yeah, then they're not right, are they? They're not right, it's just are me- they? It's messed it up. I he's, wouldn't advise he's really screwed film. it up so badly. I mean, he already had 800 speed film in an F 1.9 camera, but somehow he needed more speed. So he did that. He got that. Messed up the colours completely. I mean, look, they're lovely pictures, Matt. We appreciate what you've done. They're really nice. The camera's done a really great job, even in your ham-fisted hands. <laughs> how, oh, that how... sunset one looks like it's been taken on Mars, doesn't it? The colours are so it's off. It's weird. It's just weird. Imagine how nice that would have been if he hadn't pushed the film to sixteen hundred. It yeah. would have been that would probably been a prize-winning shot. That would have been. Yeah, I, I would have just sent him a, a medal I'll, straight I, away. If I would have sent him just cut money. I would have said oh, that picture is so good. <laughs> cash, cash in a bag. <laughs> um, but, but no, it's very nice. The thing, the thing, important point to mention here, though, also, is that not only did he mess the colours up, I mean, whatever, but. He was pushing this film for a reason. He wanted to shoot into the evening and night, so he wanted the extra speed. Claire just wanted to push the film to push the film. Not for a purpose, just, I assume, so she could enjoy the goofed-up colours as well? I mean, sure. Listen, each to their own, no matter how wrong they may or may not be. Uh, Sorry, Matt. Not sorry at all. Um... Carry on, I think we should on. just put a little disclaimer in here to say that the colours aren't messed up because of pushing the film one stop. Just so if you are thinking of pushing colour film, it's fine. It's fine, yeah. <laughs> well, go to our Matt's cameras, good. judge for yourself. I'm going to say they're messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think his child really has a blue face, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> go on, John, carry on. Anyway, moving on. Next, I must address the recent speculation about which film Aid should buy. Film Quite camera, <laughs> film camera, John. Listen, you, you missed what did that. I say? Which film age should buy? Oh yeah, sorry. They're just small details. Quite honestly, I'm not sure why you all wasted your breath, as Aid has clearly had his heart set on a Leica R series camera from the start. Despite the somewhat sketchy premise of the show, I was Rude. delighted to has hear. He, both I Rachel... what's going on. Has he listened to his show recently? <laughs> Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but even if it was a sketchy premise he still listened to it didn't he <laughs> so anyway he was delighted to hear that both rachel and graham recommended point and shoot cameras however i do diverge from from you on one important point i would recommend the olympus is it muju is that how it's said you mu 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 i don't know anything about these things i'm probably on the wrong podcast clearly olympus mu Mu 1 over the Mu 2 for several reasons. First, the obvious reason, it's cheaper. Second, the Mu 1 is slightly bigger than the 2. Usually, this is a downside when we're talking about compact cameras, but I find the slightly larger form factor a positive if you have big hands. And we all know what they say about photographers with big hands. That's right, big mittens. Third, and perhaps most importantly, the buttons. On both the 1 and the 2, there are buttons on the camera to cycle through the flash modes, including turning the flash off. On the 1, these are located on top of the camera, making them easy to push if you have big hands, especially if you're wearing mittens. In contrast, the stupidly designed soft buttons on the back panel of the 2 are clearly the work of the devil. They are so tiny that trying to cycle through the flash modes is an exercise in frustration for those with big hands and practically impossible was wearing mittens. Of course, by now you'll all be singing, oh, but the Mew 2 has a faster lens. Uh, John, yes? sorry. Could you do that again, but sing it, please? <laughs> of course, by now you'll all be singing, oh, but the Mew 2 has a faster lens. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it's half a stop faster. But it's not as if you can shoot an aperture priority on the camera anyway. So it's somewhat of a mute point, in my opinion. Or should that be a mute point? I don't know how I can continue after that. <laughs> Moving on, I'm sure you'll be delighted that so far there has been no mention of my podcast. This is where we stop talking, isn't it? Cut, <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. cut. <laughs> oh here we go then no mention of my podcast matt loves cameras in this letter if i was going to mention it i'll tell you that for the lomo chrome purple competition and collab scene we had an amazing 54 entries from nine countries but i won't mention my podcast or website mattlovescameras.com or aid will get grumpy speaking of grumpy 
I did not call John that word in my last letter. That would have been an embellishment from Graham. I did think he was a boomer, though, to be fair. <laughs> oh, I'm, 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 <laughs> Matt redeems it at the end. <laughs> I can't believe I read your website out and you wrote that. It's disgraceful. Mm. <laughs> um, big, big hands, small cameras. Like, I've got massive Cumberland sausage fingers and I hate small cameras and small buttons. It's really frustrating. But so, I'm, yeah. I'm with Matt on that. I yeah I, I do like small cameras uh, as as everybody knows from my love of my um, OM1 and my new Leica and the Olympus Mu as well um I think the point that Matt made about the buttons I have an Olympus Mu one but I've not used it very much but my Mu2 which I've used a lot those buttons are a pain in the neck especially the flash one this is a thing that is they are notorious for because that camera, despite having a fast lens, wants to use the flash all the time. So you're forever having to turn it off to avoid using it. And every time you close the body up, then it resets it. So if you just go, oh, close it for one second because you're trying to protect the lens, open it up again. All right, press that button. And it's, like, it's, it's a faff. It's not great. But um, yeah, good shout out. Although even the Mu ones now are not massively cheap. But um, yeah, that's a good shout out. Nice cameras, though. So if you can find a good one, all good. All right. This next email is from a new email, I think. Jonathan Russell. Hi, Sunbeams. I hope this email finds you well. I've been listening to the podcast now for about 18 months, and I am indeed a first-time emailer, and I'd like to mention two subjects. First, a few, ago, a few episodes ago, there was a discussion about whether we should review cameras or film stocks. My own take on this is that if you are referring to a fully manual SLR style or even shutter aperture priority cameras, then the body itself is only actually responsible for opening the shutter at the required speed. A Leica opening its shutter for 1 60th of a second is no different to the cheapest mass-produced camera opening at 1 60th. It is the lens which is opening and exposing the image onto the film stock. So maybe the question is, should we be reviewing lenses or film stocks? A very fair point. Secondly, a question from a returning newbie film photographer. I started photography in the late 90s slash early 2000s, just at the time when APS and digital started to take over. My parents had bought me a an EOS SLR, a film EOS SLR as a present, but after a few years it became apparent that digital was the way forward and only recently have I gone back to that same EOS SLR and, due to gas, a lot more cameras as well. My question though is film stocks. I have purchased many different film stocks from Analog Wonderland, but I now find myself having, with having to choose what to shoot and when. I understand why you would choose ISO 100 over 400 over 800 etc, but how do you choose which film at any given speed? I know judging film is a subjective issue and people will always say X is better than Y, but I'd be interested to know what criteria you would use on any given day to decide what film stock of the same ISO to load. Thank you for the wonderful podcast. I hope to finally meet you all soon once photo walks become more common. <laughs> become more Russell. Become more common. <laughs> and that's from Jonathan Russell. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Um, that's a really good question, John. So what is it for you? When you're choking on a hastily gulped thing of squash, professional as ever, um, when you're planning to go out and do a shoot, what... What's going to be the thing that influences your choice? If you're going on just a daytime shoot somewhere, what are the things that affect your choices? Uh, regards film? It's... No, no. Re regards the socks you're going to wear for the day. <laughs> so shoes and socks are very important to, to my choice of wear. If I'm doing a lot of walking, they have to be very comfortable shoes. Um, yeah, if, if I'm shooting outside, it's like an F or FP4, if it's sunny, you know. Um, and indoors, I'm um, always HP5, 400 or pushed up to 1600. But why? Why have you made those choices? Um, so I can get a faster shutter speed. Okay. Like for the yeah. But why HP5 instead of Delta 400? Uh, because I've had more success pushing HP5 mm -hmm. in Delta 
Um, Del- I seem to recall it was a long time ago. I seem to recall Delta went very contrasty when it was pushed. Mm. Um, so it's a familiarity thing. I mean, I, know, I yeah. think, yeah, I, I'm with you with that. I think when I'm choosing what I'm going to shoot, um, a lot of the time, my photography when I'm just out and about is um, fairly fast and loose. And so I want to go with films that are going to be reasonably forgiving of that. And classic grain films like HP5 and FP4 tend to be more forgiving of that. Um, whereas Delta and other T-grain films like T-Max, in my head are slightly more like slide films. You need to be more precise. You can get amazing results mm-hmm. from them, but you need to be more precise. So unless I'm planning to go out and be really careful and thoughtful with something, I'm probably going to go with something that will give me a bit more latitude with it. Um, but it is also, the, the looks are quite different as well. Uh, you know, Especially in 35mm, if you go with Delta 400 versus HP5, you're going to get quite a different look, aren't you? Um, mm-hmm. So, subject matter well, is did, important with that. I did a shoot last month that was outdoors, and I chose Delta One Hundred over FP Four, um, because it is so sharp and just looked really like defined in comparison to FP Four, and that's yeah. the look I wanted. Yeah. Um, in that situation, but yeah, you're right. Like the first time I went out and did it, the weather wasn't right. Uh, like the lighting wasn't right so i had to go and reshoot it when there was more light in the shadows of certain images because delta just didn't i didn't expose it to be able to get the information in there uh, which i think if i'd shot it possibly on fb4 might have been all right with it don't know mm. but i wanted consistency as well that's another thing you know if you're doing like a longer term project using the same film across different sheets is quite important so they all connect together yeah yeah, I mean, it's one thing. There is no right or wrong answer with any of these things. It, it's finding what's right for you and the way you like to shoot. If you are a very precise and methodical <laughs> photographer, then maybe a T grain film is the perfect film for you because it will fit with what you, the way you want to shoot, and you're going to get the optimum results from it. Um, yeah. Well, but- the other thing is, it's, it's like if you go out with a fast film. Um, you might, on a sunny day, you might find that your camera shutter speed maxes out depending on what aperture mm. you want to shoot at. So you've got to you've got to strike that balance, haven't you? You know, yeah. I, I've run into that problem with um, large format a couple of times because the shutters aren't particularly fast. You know, so you you hit a threshold with what's capable for your your camera, yeah, as well in certain situations. So you've got to watch out for that. Yeah, and I think these choices are particularly important with 35mm because um, or at least in some ways because when you're shooting medium format or larger um, the grain becomes less and less of an issue you know, HP5 so when we when I've been out shooting weddings with Hamish this year the black and white film primarily that's been used has been HP5 and FP4 um, because in medium format especially because Hamish was shooting with his Oh god, I started talking before I could remember what the camera was. It's a six by seven Makina Plowbell. There you go. Thanks, oh, yes. brain. Yeah. So a very nice Makina Plowbell. Great big negative. So the grain's gonna be you know really fine on that because it's a really big negative. But for shooting weddings on 35mm, I'm not sure I'd want to use HP5 for that. Because at that point, that grain structure is going to start interfering with fine detail on the dress and stuff like that, and you're going to start losing some of that. So it's horses for courses with that, but I think you have to be a bit more mindful of it with the smaller formats. So, um, but yeah, really, and the main thing is just try a load of stuff to begin with, and then the stuff that you like or the stuff that really works for you, stick with it work away at it, and you'll find your favourites. I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about Ilford films here, but Kodak films have it. They all have their equivalents, don't they? Yeah, I think that's... Tri-X, like, T-Max. When I say what, what I default went to, it's because like five years ago, I went through a load of different film stocks until I then got back and looked at all the images and went, oh, I prefer these images. And could actually... It wasn't just about the subject because I had similar subjects on different film stocks and different yeah. like, same light, similar lighting conditions. And I was, about, I was able to go, yes, I prefer this film stock. 
So you've just got to experiment and find what works for you. And also then you get to learn what works better in certain scenarios for you as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And with whichever lenses you've got as well, as you mentioned also, Jonathan. So yeah, try all yeah, these yeah. things. Okay, do you want to take this next one, John? This is our first Cheap Shots Challenge entry for the unwind round of Cheap Shots Challenge. Very exciting. From Bill to Fearsome Beams. Please find my two images for the unwind theme. They were from the same role of 110 film shot in the Pentax Auto 110. After the party, the balloons are left over from May, where our combined household birthdays scored a century. <laughs> There's a need to unwind even after a party. The balloons were lighter, firmer, and buoyant once, but surprisingly have become more colourful. They were more difficult to be understood and a continuously leaking gas. <laughs> Hang on, are we talking about the balloons or Bill here? I lost the thread slightly. <laughs> I started reading that and about halfway through I was like, what, what is this like a little poem that he's written? I think, I think the balloons are very much a metaphor in this situation. Yes. <laughs> um, so is that is that related to the first? So that is, yeah, oh, well, no, yes. yeah, yeah. Very cool picture of some, that, just nice. a lovely collection of... Those just, I mean, we've all seen them, just sad, semi-deflated balloons. There's something quite, <laughs> there is something quite poetic about them, isn't there? Just that after-the-party look of those. I love it. Very good. Very good. Um, and the next one is, after a hard day, after a hard day, captures a mood after a tough day at work. Cameras and a stiff drink are a tempting option. These are two glasses as company is always welcome. It's quite a dark that picture, that one. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> We're in a bit of a lockdown here in Sydney in late July 2021, but holding firm. Hope you're all well. Warmest regards, Bill. Thank you for sending those through, Bill. Yeah, They're the first ones through for our latest Cheap Shots Challenge. Yeah, it's great. And a good reminder, actually, that we are in the midst of a Cheap Shots Challenge. Uh, we've got over a month yet to go, so still plenty of time. But if you would like to take part, then the subject is, as has been mentioned, unwind uh which is pretty broad however one does unwind whatever unwind means to you especially after the last 18 months um take some pictures on your cheap shots camera uh, we did a show about it two three weeks ago three four weeks ago some weeks ago find that listen if you're not sure of the details of the cheap shots challenge and send in your two favorite pictures from the role to us at sunny 16 podcast at gmail.com which is where you should send all of your correspondence uh, to that email address. Um, we would love to see your pictures and we will obviously get someone to judge them later in the year. Um, I still haven't figured out what camera I'm using yet, so I'm making great progress with that. How are you getting on, John? <laughs> I've nearly started. I haven't started. I haven't started. Although this week we bought a, a hammock, so I've been doing oh, lots of unwinding okay. in that. <laughs> That sounds good. A hammock-based podcast. Uh, hammock-based hammock picture. Hammock-based <laughs> podcast sounds magnificent, actually. Why yeah, are next we... week, you're actually lying in the garden looking at the that. stars. We should be doing that. Um, but no, great pictures from Bill there. And um, using AIDS old Cheap Shots camera. This is a Cheap Shot camera that has now gone halfway around the world and continued its Cheap Shot journey, which I think is fabulous. Um, also, I, Sydney... In lockdown, um, and obviously thoughts go out to everybody in Sydney. I know Melbourne's in lockdown as well. Sydney in lockdown because I think they have, uh, I think they have about a hundred cases of COVID. Britain, everything's open. <laughs> oh my We've got, oh my god, <laughs> so many cases. My, uh, my friends of thousands at, at Latitude Festival at the moment, and he sent me a photo saying, "Yeah, this is supposed to be a um, like a test case event." for isolated like um not isolated i can't even speak my brain's gone to mush <laughs> forget it <laughs> carry on good. basically it's a massive music festival great idea yeah good one good one actually I just, on. just just very quickly want to say to humanity in general because we had freedom day which is the worst whoever came up with that needs to be taken outside and kicked in the nuts um on Monday, and I think we were all like, oh, what's going to be like? And I did get to go out, and I went into a town this week, and I saw almost everybody 
behaving exactly as they had been, being responsible, wearing masks, being mindful. So to humanity on the whole, thank you very much for being brilliant. You guys are great. And um, yeah, it gives me faith that we will actually get through this despite our government abdicating all responsibility for our care and well-being. Ah, oh, joy. Alrighty. Um, a couple of other bits to finish up with. The first is now... We did have, in the interim period, an email from J.M. Golding reminding us that 127 Film Day was coming up. But, sadly, uh, we have missed that date because 127 Film Day would have been the 12th of the 7th month, which has passed. Um, but instead, I just want to... Because one of the things we never do is we never kind of follow up on this. So I just want to very quickly go through with John because we were talking about this beforehand. Because what um, J.M. Golding does after having the 127 Film Day and encouraging people to take part, is that she collates all the pictures that get sent in and she shares them on her website, which is uh, 127film.blogspot.com. And I'm just looking now at the results from the January 127 Film Day, because as you may or may not know, there are many 127 Film Days in the year. I think there's three. There's January, there's July, and there's December. And there's some really lovely pictures uh, in this gallery from a great range of uh, 127 film cameras. So we've got uh, the Roll FX 4x4, um, Agfa Junior, uh, the, the, sorry, the Primo Junior, uh, all sorts of different stuff, loads of great pictures. And I think one of the common themes is that, that a lot of them have a really good vintage feel to them, don't they, John? Mm. Yeah, they're great. I like. I didn't exactly know what 127 film was. I had to ask you before we started on this. Um, and I'm amazed there's actually enough 127 film left for that many days in a year. Yeah. Like, well, I, yeah. the nice thing about 127 film day is that you need a 127 camera. You don't necessarily need to be shooting 127 film. Um, there is a picture in here from uh, Dave Hughes shot on a, let's see, a baby roll effects. And he's done that using FP4 taped onto 127, just 35mm uh, F4 taped onto backing paper. Um, and it's almost all black and white. There are a couple of colour shots. Unsurprisingly, one of the most beautiful is by JM herself. Um, just a lovely still life of some flowers. Kodak Portra, 46mm uh, re-spooled in a, a Yashica 44A. Lovely picture. So go and check that gallery out. Um, 127 film cameras are generally dirt cheap, worth investigating, can get some really lovely results. And yes, you might have to put a bit more effort in, a bit more faff, but um, definitely worth checking out. Really cool. Okay. Um, now I need to find more next, about that. Uh, sorry, I'll take the next one. Thank you. Uh, is from Hilary Clark, who brings into our next subject quite nicely as well. And she says, uh, Hi, Graham. Hope you are well. Apologies if this has been covered already, but are you planning anything for the photo show in Birmingham, UK in September? And if so, which day will it happen? Thinking of doing a day trip, but really want to get the right day. Thanks, Hillary. And her tags on Twitter and Instagram are hclark. That's A-I-T-C-H-C-L-A-R-K-E. <laughs> Very good, John. Um Yes, we wanted to start talking about this, didn't we, John? So the photography yes. show is taking place in, as you mentioned, the NEC in Birmingham uh, from the 18th to the 21st of September uh, this year. This is the first time it's happened since uh, March 2019. Um, yes. There's been a couple of virtual shows in between times, but obviously last year's show was cancelled pretty close to the time actually it was mm -hmm. i think we were a couple of weeks away if that when it finally got the plug pulled on it um and we will be there um or some of us will be there john's skiving because it's his birthday um but I think i'll be there john will be there um but the primary day the primary day that we will be there is going to be the saturday i know a said he's going to be there on the saturday i am planning on being there on the saturday Hopefully, John will be there on Saturday. Hopefully, we'll get Claire there. Oh, my goodness. I hope we get Claire there as well. Rach, I think, probably being optimistic, as she will hopefully at that point have a very, very fresh baby. Um, so probably not Rach, but the rest of us will all be there. But even more excitingly is there is going to be an analogue spotlight happening at the show. Um, 
Now, during the two virtual film, uh, virtual photography shows, this was a thing that happened as part of it. But the original plan was last year that there would be a section of the show specifically where all of the analog photography stuff was in one place and that is going to happen um we don't know everyone who's going to be there yet because the information isn't all up on the website but we do know that for example analog wonderland is going to be there hamish is going to be there with the pixelator stephen from cosmophoto is going to be there uh, james lane who we spoke to last week is going to be there sam cornwell is going to be there um who else don't know, but I know that certainly the camera rescue guys were planning to be there in quite large effect last year. So I'm sincerely hoping that they're going to make it down this year because they had some really fun stuff planned last year. Um, it's going to be really cool. We will be speaking to Hamish soon because Hamish is one of the driving forces behind all of this going on to get a much better idea of what's happening. But if you are yearning for some human contact and some catching up with everything that's going on, this is going to be a really fun event. Um, we will... I, I mean, we haven't got any firm plans for what we're going to be doing now. On we're not planning to do anything ourselves as a kind of... I know we last year we were going to do a live podcast, but that's not going to happen this year because, frankly, none of us have got the brain space for it at the moment. John's <laughs> super busy. Rachel's super pregnant. I'm super lazy. Claire's super in Spain. What's going on with that? Um and they oh, doesn't even know what camera to buy, so where would we even be? But we will be there, and we will arrange a get-together, um, and we would love to see you there. And we will, of course, be recording conversations with people whilst we're there. Um, so it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but more news on that uh, as we get more. Um, but, yeah, go sign up for it. It's happening now. The website there. We'll put a link to the website there. And we'll speak to Hamish soon about that. It's been good, right, John? It's um I probably shouldn't mention this on air, but is there a code kicking around anywhere for listeners? I think last time there was a code, wasn't there? Yeah, well, we there haven't got one. one. We'll see if we can get a code. We'll see if we can get a yeah, sneaky code. Let's get in touch with the, the photo we'll, show and try Yeah, and get exactly. A code. We'll we'll nudge we'll nudge the photo show people uh and get a sneaky code for that and we'll get that done soon. So, you know, maybe hold off just a week for a sneaky code. <laughs> Or speak, I mean, there may well be other sneaky codes out there already. Who knows? Um, but that's cool. That's something I'm looking forward to. Uh, does that pretty much do it for parish notices, John? I believe so. In that we should case, thank, we should thank our donors. Exactly. That was just what I was going to say. That leaves us to say thank you hugely. We don't say this often enough anymore with us not doing backing paper on the reg. Um, but a huge thank you to our coffee donors. Um, I. There's nothing that we can say that we haven't said before, but it is hugely meaningful to us and hugely appreciated by us, the support that we get from you guys, because we know that you don't have to do it. You're going to get these podcasts, whether or not you give us money, whether or not you want them, <laughs> frankly, we're going to keep putting them out. Um, but I think it's, it's possible some people are supporting us because they want us to stop. Maybe. There are some is that how it works? Possibly. <laughs> But if I you mean, want us to stop, save give us, us more money. money. That's, yeah, <laughs> we'll set we'll set a, a stretch goal. If we can if we can get to one billion dollars, <laughs> then we'll just stop. Um, but you know, it, this this money does help us to do stuff like it, it, it. The equipment it's enabled us to buy is out with Claire in Spain at the moment. She's out there recording interviews while she's joining with the experimental photography festival. Um, the fact that the Sunny Sixteen Presents channel is a live and going thing and is enabling us every fortnight to share I Dream of Cameras, which I love and I know a lot of other people love as well. And also, not just that, I mean, uh, we've been quite quiet on the, the Sunny Sixteen... It's a hard word, Sunny 16. <laughs> the Sunny 16 presents me lately because Claire's been super busy with just really not fun work stuff. But um, but last week we put out a piece that Billy Sanford put together for us about the Goldilocks zone. We've got something coming up from Ian Wallace, which will probably be out if uh, next week or so um, after I Dream of Cameras show. So there is other stuff there. And if you have got any interest in submitting something to be shared on Sunny 16 Presents, then please do drop us a line um, on sunny16presents at gmail.com. Just think of it like an audio blog. I mean, that's basically, if you if you like the idea of making something for a website like 35MMC or Emulsive or wherever, but don't particularly like writing, well, do it in audio and we'll share it. 
because that's what this is for really so drop us a line if you've got it, an idea it doesn't have to be overly complicated either you could just do like 10 15 minutes while you're out on a shoot one day you know that that could be a good starter to get to get going on something absolutely absolutely yeah you're quite right john that's a really good point it doesn't need to be some great long production it doesn't i mean billy's was great it was long it was multi-segmented it had backing music it has everything yeah that it doesn't need to be like that you can just let us know what you want to do and then as john said just record something when you're doing the thing that you're doing it can be 10 minutes we'll put it together we'll sort it all out it'll be great so yeah drop us a line if you fancy doing something with us but again thank you to all of the coffee people because without you guys None of that stuff would be happening because it all costs money, amazingly enough. They're not giving this stuff away for free. Um, but it's great that we can do it. Right. That does the thing, doesn't it, John? We're, we are done. We are it's done. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you for all your emails. Yes. Thank you, everybody. It's lovely to see some emails coming back in again. Please, as I mentioned before, write to us, sunny16podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you're up to. Let us know now that you've got your freedom back. What are you getting up to? I would... <laughs> <laughs> I've been dancing to George Michael. <laughs> there you go. We've all got a thing going on. That's what John's unwind is going to be. It's just pictures of him dancing to George Michael in his boat shoes. <laughs> in a hammock. <laughs> in a hammock. Love it. Looking forward to it. Um, we might have a podcast later this week. I am actually going out for a walk tomorrow evening with a friend of the show, well, a friend of me, and a friend of the podcast, Jasper, who is the face of Agent Shadow film. Um I'm going to take him to escape the city. Uh, I don't know where we'll go, but I might try and cause something with Jasper whilst we're out. So if we do that, then we'll wang that up later. <laughs> if not, I don't know. <laughs> Watch this space, I guess. <laughs> Professional as always. This is where your taxpayer dollars are going. Oh, right. It's getting too well with you, John. Should we get out of here? Yeah, I'm hot. Okay. We will play you <laughs> out. Uh, oh, and it's so nice. It's just occurred to me that because this is a backing paper, we're going to play out with Schnauzer. I haven't played Woo! Schnauzer for ages. Oh, God, I love Schnauzer. Find Schnauzer's music on Bandcamp, on Spotify, wherever good music can be found. Schnauzer's music is great. There's quite a lot of it out there, and it's all well worth listening to. I love it. Uh, Duncan assured me last year that there was new music on the way, and then he's been very quiet since then. So come on, Duncan. What's going on with your lot? Um Anyway. I think Duncan's going to be at the photo show, isn't he? There you go. Another person who's going to be at the photo show. Duncan Gowan from um, Silver... Silver Pan. Silver Pan. Thanks. There's a lot of silver, silver things. <laughs> uh, right. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll be back again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.